From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train. Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, where you'll find us every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. Our phone number's here if you want to get involved with the show is 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. He's Danny Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. And, of course, as always, Nick Bodie, the graduating Nick Bodie, is on the boards. He'll be graduating from Oshkosh College next week, so he won't be here. We'll have uh, somebody else filling in for him because you're going to be wearing that funny hat and a tassel and all that stuff. <laughs> Congratulations, by Very the way. Very excited, Tom. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, Danny. How's it going? Yeah, just brings back old memories of my college graduation. Yeah. You know, there were friends that I've never seen since that day. Yeah. I remember one buddy giving me a hug saying, love you, buddy. See ya. Take care. Yeah. Never saw him again. Never saw him again. Of course, I went Mm -hmm. to school down in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. 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 And then his his brother friended me on Facebook years ago. But I can't find any link to him, and I wonder whether he died or something. Yeah. Oh. And I don't want to. Maybe you know, maybe ask he's his like brother, me. Is your brother dead? Yeah. Maybe he's like me. How do just you ask Not that? on Facebook. <laughs> maybe he's just not on it. Everybody, Tom, except for <laughs> except old for curmudgeons me. like except you, for me. are on. Now I'm on Facebook, but I check it like once every six months. So then I I got all these friend <laughs> yeah. requests from people who yeah. probably thought I tried to blow them off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not blowing anybody off. So yeah. if you friended me in the last six months, I've been busy. Yeah, I've been I'll busy. Get around to, I'll get around to I think, it at I think, some point. I think back in the summer, I, I think I went on Facebook, put my name in her. I, I don't know exactly what I did because I, I don't know how to do that. But anyway, and there was a bunch of people. I don't if if when they show pictures of people and are they is that like trying to friend you or something or I I don't know. Yeah, it just yeah, had a it, scroll of different yeah. There's all kinds of, of stuff. People. Yeah, there's and, a bunch that'll try to friend you. Now, yeah. there's a lot of networking going on, Tom. Yeah. So a lot of it's like people in the fishing industry. All of a sudden, I'll get requests. You mm-hmm. know, and and some big names too. Yeah. You know, most all the big guy, big name guys are, you know, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, the Joe Bookers of the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody. I think it's because to network. The business sure. people realize. Yeah. The only thing I don't do is that LinkedIn thing. LinkedIn. There's yeah, a whatever. LinkedIn thing which helps people like in business networks, as far as getting jobs and yeah. stuff. So I'd always get these requests for LinkedIn, and I'm like, I, I really don't want to be LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be LinkedIn anything. I don't know. <laughs> so I, you know, I've been begrudgingly uh, coming on into the, uh, into the. Oh. Funny story. They were talking about, uh, what, I think it was with the, uh, oh, the Packers, and they got rid of the linebacker coach yeah. because he did some Snapchat thing. Yeah, and right. apparently Philbin was talking that he wasn't a fit and he doesn't even really know what Snapchat or anything is. Yeah. 
So one of the national commentators on one of the national ones, yeah. I don't know if it was ESPN or whatever, this guy goes, come on. He goes, he knows, he has, he knows what Snapchat is, unless he's still got a flip phone. And then I thought about me and you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. Unless he's I, still got a flip phone. Yeah. Like we're dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, you know, I have no interest in social media. I have no interest in texting. Uh, well, all that, that stuff. Okay. I just have no interest. In okay, it so the texting thing, I think you got to get over, because the texting, I think, is handy. You don't feel like talking to somebody, but you want to fire something off. Be there in fifteen minutes. Uh, shoot, uh, shot a deer uh, last year. I was hunting with Scott. Made a drive, went across the road, jumped the buck, and uh, um, shot. Well, I guess it was more than one year ago. But anyway, I'm following a blood trail, and uh, I sent him a text. I said, mm-hmm. heading up over the ridge, keep a sharp eye coming down your way. Mm-hmm. And so, and I told him, move over a couple hundred yards. And sure enough, he moved over to the corner and caught the thing coming across, and yeah. boom, got it. Yeah. Texting got that deer. Right. My my son Nick and his in-laws, uh, when they're in their tree stands, they're they're texting back and forth like, Oh, there's a I see one going your way or whatever, you know. I mean, they they do that a lot. Yeah, I, now, I suppose for deer hunting, that's actually awesome when you're with the well, group of guys. Well, we used to use the walkie talkies, you know? which were cool. Yeah. <laughs> My dad used to have these walkie talkies that he got, and he got them at a rummage sale back in the '60s. And these walkie talkies, Tom, were the type that you might see like on a a World War One movie where the guy's <laughs> calling in, you know, with the big giant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were huge, man. <laughs> and the problem was they took so much. I mean, they took a car battery to run the goddamn oh, things, they, and and they were heavy, and and the battery power would wear out after yeah, a while. Yeah, 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 they were battery eaters. Oh, but man. Dad was way ahead of his time. But then you can get the little handheld ones, yeah. and some hunting groups still use them uh, for kids. You got your kid in a blind; mm-hmm. it helps to be able to text your kid back yeah, and forth. Yeah. But the only problem, and parents out there, I know we got a lot of hunters out there that probably have kids and grandkids out hunting. They they can probably relate to this. Like Scott's son, Stephen, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden, he wasn't responding to texts, right? So his dad texted me, hey, how's Stephen? I'm concerned, blah, blah, blah. Well, later when I talked to Stephen, uh, my cell phone died. Well, guess why their cell phones are dying? Guess. I don't know. Come on, Tom. Think about a kid. They didn't recharge them. Think about a kid. Nick. Think about a kid oh, in they a were cell playing phone video running games an app in the background. Exactly. Yeah. You got him sitting yeah. there playing yeah. in the cold with playing video games for three yep. hours straight, and your yep. phone goes dead. Yep. So yep. I talked to him the next day. I said, you might want to only use your phone for texting so you can be there all day long <laughs> yeah. and yeah. get your texts coming in and out. Otherwise, you're just wearing it out. But the kids, they're so addicted to those games. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, you know, the technology, like we're talking about with cell phone texting and all that while hunting, that also bleeds into having a, a smartphone for ice fishing because, you know, they've had these deals where you put the, this thing on your tip up and then it sends you a little uh, message that, oh, your flag is up. You know, I don't know if it beeps or it sends you a message, but, you know, those are... <laughs> How boy, that's really getting high. You don't even have to watch them. You can take a nap, and your phone will let you know if you got a fish on the line. That 
that app you know? alone might make it almost worth it for me to get a smartphone. Yeah, you could be sitting in your apartment. You had those tip-ups out on Pewaukee Lake, sitting in your apartment, and all of a sudden it goes, beep, beep, Bushy, you have a fish. Bushy, I got to ask, when you, when you text people, are you big on like the emojis? Do you use a lot of LOL and stuff, or are you kind of old school? You, know, you stay away from that. Well, I learned what LOL does. Uh <laughs> Means or OMG, OMG. I figured, <laughs> I figured that one out on my own. Um, but the one thing is, is my flip phone doesn't really have emojis. So like when people would send me texts for like a year, especially girls, they'd be sending you know me texts. I'd always get a message and then question mark, question mark. <laughs> and I always wondered what does what's this question mark showing up yeah, on my phone? Yeah, what does that mean? It was a smiley face. Yeah. It's an emoji smiley face that doesn't come through on my phone. So I was wondering, why why is she sending me a question mark? What am I? Is there some message here or question? So it's a smiley face. So now I know when I get, like, Tom, if you ever text, when when hell freezes over and you send me a text with a smiley face, I'll see a question mark and I'll know you're sending me a smiley face. And I'll feel warm and fuzzy inside. It's a lot more than just smiley face. I mean, they got, you know, I got an iPhone and they got a whole library of emojis. So I could be like, you know, for millennials, when you text, you send related stuff. So they got everything from food and nature. to. So I could send you like, you go in hunting with like a deer emoji and a tree emoji. It can be all kinds of stuff. Is there one like a fishing hook, which means let's hook up uh, <laughs> oh god <laughs> no yeah that's that you just send her lhu can i invent that lhu oh i got it okay <laughs> i got it L-H- let's, let's hook, hook up, up. L-H-U. lhu do they use that one i don't know uh, they no. will now they, oh, they will now, now. hey you're, hey you're on the cutting edge <laughs> oh, god Oh man, I'll tell you. Well, time for yeah. A okay, break. who you got on the line? We'll we'll do that real quick before a break. Yeah, we got our old pal Kevin calling in. Oh yeah. Hey Kevin, good morning. How you feeling? Oh, not bad. I had a good uh, <clears throat> few we- uh, few days. One of the uh, people. I don't know if I should mention this, but one of the people from one hundred three. Or should I say that? No, you okay. shouldn't. Oh, that's all right. I did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they were. He was here. Oh, someone oh, came yeah? and visited you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. That's Took nice. My th- video. Yeah. Yeah. He. Oh, he I, took a video of you. That's right. Oh wow. Hey. I'm famous, Tommy. By the way, so with that video, is that video they can't show a. A video on the radio, so are they going to like put it on a TV station or something? No, it's it's um it's on their website. Oh, oh on their website. Okay. Yeah, it's on my website. Hey, oh. have you called uh, Gary Ellerson? No. Lately, well, he's he's wondering when you're going to give him a buzz. Uh, I don't know. You should... uh, he's I'm trying you should... to get an I'm trying to get a number from him. Well, just call the station number when they're on the air. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to do that. So you're yeah. fe- feeling better, the cold? I mean, you got over your bug a little bit better? <clears throat> anyway, when I was up at Rochelle yes. Lions Camp. Yeah? You know where that is. I know where Rochelle is. That's where my wife's uh, in-laws come from. Her her mother, I should say, her my wife's 
parents are from that area. Yeah. Her mother's from that area. Got a, she's got a lot of relatives up there. We don't really uh, no, care, do we, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, Continue with your story. Yeah, yeah we, we rode a pontoon boat. What is it? It's a boat with pontoons. Big boat? Uh, uh, well, it it had a um, had a motor uh, in it. Yeah, it'll be a big outboard on yeah. it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, they got the big pontoon boats, and they're a big flat boat, and then every it fits a lot of people on there. So uh, if you were with a bunch of kids, that's why they had a pontoon boat. Oh, man. Yeah. All I caught was a six-inch bass. That was it, huh? Yeah, that was it. Well, at least you didn't get skunked. Yeah. No, but um, I was afraid. I remember going up there. I went up there from 63 to 70, and I was in those things, and the thing tipped over, Tommy. What? The pontoon boat tipped over? Pontoon boats. Well, it must have been a different boat because pontoons, they don't tip. They don't sink. Must have had a big fat guy on one side. Must have. Yeah, somebody... I got a question for you, Kevin, before we go, okay? Yeah, tell me. Because we got to go to a break. Here's a question for you. Okay, tell me. What are the three things you can count on in life? You know what they are? No. Death. Paying taxes. Taxes. And me catching fish. We'll uh, see you. We'll talk to you again, Kevin. Take we gotta care, run. Kevin. We'll see you, buddy. Okay, bye. We got to go right. to a break. We'll be right back, folks, with more with Dan Bush, me, Tom Newbauer, and Nick Bodie Death, here on one Texas. Of, yeah. Bad jokes by Tom. <laughs> and, well, no, that's the truth. And one of, at 105.7 FM, The Fan. I forgot to tell you. Oh, are you? Well, whatever. Okay, we're back. Welcome back. We'll do it the next time. Cutting <laughs> a joke. Oh, uh, yeah. We're. Yeah, cutting edge outdoors. Here we are, skipper buds and all that. But hey, I, we got to tell you something, folks. Uh, the sports dock is no, having not a, the sports dock. I'm sorry, the boat dock. The boat dock is having an open house this coming week, December thirteenth. Yeah, and uh, Josh, what's his last name? Hold on, Tom. Let me. Uh, Six thirty p.m. Brat Fry and door prizes, free oh. seminars. There's walleye wisdom. By Tommy Kimos, yep. uh, who's a walleye expert. Intro to Garmin by Josh Weisner. Right. Uh, best deals of the year going on for Garmin right yeah. now. And what 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 other products do they sell there? They sell. Um, let's go and let me tell you, my friend. They they're the they're a big they're a Triton dealer. Tritons, okay. And uh, hold on one second. Let me look at. And Mercury and Minkota. And, yeah, they're and, uh, Triton Boats, Mercury Marine, Garmin, Minkota, and Power Pole. They also okay. sell other major brands of uh, marine electronics and accessories. Uh, so, yeah, they're an all-around uh, dealership, uh, dealership up there. And I've driven by it many times. It's in Lomira on the right-hand side as you're heading up on 41. Yeah, just past Midwestern Shooter Supply. Yeah, right? I believe it's just past. Yeah, just past it on the right-hand side. So they got uh, two seminars going. And, you know, I'll tell you what, learning how to work the Garmin's and other electronics, that's kind of important. So that would be a good seminar to attend. And, of course, Tommy Kimos, he's really good at catching walleyes. I would I would pay attention to what he says. You know, he's been doing this his whole life. Yeah, and, uh, so, and I, yeah, did, definitely. I did have one of my fishing clients years ago. He had some work done, and he had gone to another place to have some work done on his boat. And he said that, uh, I mean, they were outrageous, the price that they wanted. And I forget exactly what he was having done. 
And then he said he went up to the boat dock, and it, they did it for like half the price of what the other place really? wanted. So he was real pleased with it. Yeah. 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 They, uh, you know, funny story about Tommy Kimos. Um, years ago, uh, remember Musky? You, well, of course, you remember Musky Bills. Maybe a lot of people in our audience remember Musky Bills on Pewaukee Lake. Yeah, like old people. And, yeah, we were running a, a bass tournament, and my son, Chris was 14, and Tommy Kimos was 15. They weren't old enough to enter it. But Muskie Bill had some rental boats, right? So when everybody took off for the tournament, Tommy Kimos and my son Chris, they just went out fishing, okay, because Tommy lived next door to Muskie Bill's. So they went out fishing. And they came back before all the other boats did, and just for the heck of it, we weighed their fish. They they brought in fish like they were in the tournament, right? Bass? Yeah, bass. And we weighed them. You know, they would have came in third place. <laughs> these two kids, these two young punks, you know? Yeah, they did uh, pretty darn good, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I have Tommy Kimos to thank for catching my biggest muskie ever. In really? a roundabout way, yes. When I had White Jaw 2, which was my 99 uh, Lumicraft with a 40-horse uh-huh. Merc. Uh, what happened was the trim thing, um, what, no, something quit working. I can't remember. I want to say it was the trim quit working or whatever. And, uh, anyway, Tommy Kimos actually came out and, uh, went out by the pier by the boat and, uh, we, he worked on it a little bit. We went on out and, and it was fine. And again, it was like, it was like the last week of October, uh, you know, I forget exactly. It's something minor wrong with it, but he was really good. He, he was nice enough to stop. He was passing through Pewaukee. I think Steve Milley had called him. And uh, it was a couple days later that the next time I went out on the water fishing that I caught my biggest muskie ever out there on a Really? Sucker. So he got my boat going, and I was on the water and caught that fish. So I kind of credit that to him because otherwise the boat probably would have been sitting. I wouldn't have been yeah, out fishing that right, day. Right, right. Well... I guess he knew a little bit about boats, too. A little too. bit about boats. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if you're a tournament angler, you got to know a little bit about stuff because stuff breaks down, you know, and sometimes there's not always somebody around to fix it, so you got to know a little bit yourself. Well, Ron you know? Johnson had a problem where, uh, I forget, I think his electronics went out on him when he was up in the Bay of Green Bay fishing mm-hmm. just by himself, thankfully. And then he had to haul it all in to get it to a dealer, this and that, mm-hmm. and went through, I forget where he took it to, mm-hmm. um, but he had to get it in there. And, you know, you're, you're, you live in Arizona, you're on the road with your boat, trailer, <laughs> and truck, yeah. you know, yeah. how many miles away and something yeah. goes, well, it's not like you can take it to your guy back home right. and fix it. Yeah. You got to go and find somewhere and get right. it done like now. As a matter of fact, my son Chris and I, with his boat, we still have a problem with the transducer and the locator that's on the council. And this spring, I got to drive it over to uh, Anchors Away, Anchors Away in Waukesha, and have uh, John take a look at it over there, because if, if if there's a problem with like a transducer locator, you know, set up something wrong. Anchors away. He can fix it. He can figure out what the problem is, whether it's an electric trolling motor or what, but our locators and that. He he'll find out. He'll know what's wrong with it. What's going on with we, it? It 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 like it takes forever. For a while, it was working because I called Lawrence and it was like it was like rebooting your computer. 
but you had to press in a whole bunch of stuff to reboot the locator, okay? And it was working for a while, but then it went back doing what it was doing. It would like it would take like uh, 20, 30 minutes before it would lock into the bottom. You could be in 50 feet of water, and it would say 1.7 feet. It wouldn't lock in, you know, to what the depth was. And then all of a sudden it locked in and it was working, and it would work for a little while, and then it would go back to what it was doing, you know, not locking into the bottom. And it was like... It was just driving us nuts because, you know, when you're when you're coming across the lake and you want to know when right. it starts getting shallow, where the weed line is, when it starts getting shallower so you can start slowing down, well, we never knew. I mean, of course, we were fishing lakes. Well, so we had a good I, idea. I had a but, similar problem, Tom. Yeah, what was it? It was the fuse. The fuse was loose inside. The th- so every once in a while it would jiggle and all of a sudden really? it would go goofy. And then I figured it out where I just push down and kind of push in on the fuse yeah, a little bit and yeah. jiggle it, and it would be working again. And then Ooh. later, Dale just switched me from that fuse to a different. I got a little fuse box underneath. Yeah. He says, how about I just rewire it to this one quick? That's all it was. Well, that's something that I'm going to have to look because into in Because you spring. could have, like, if you're bouncing across the water, all of a sudden yeah. then it goes out, it's jiggling loose, yeah. Tom. Oh, maybe that might be. And then all of a sudden... For some reason, it con- happens to connect, connect after, and then yeah, okay, yep. that's something that we're gonna have to check. Get your check uh, that out. Get your boat dock guy on that, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> In most cases, you got to start with the simplest thing first. That's true. Remember years ago when we could work on our cars? I mean, nowadays well, you can't. I mean, you know, I mean, you everything's mean my, computerized. My gearhead buddies can right. work on my cars. But no, but basically, you know, like you said, you start from the simplest thing. Your car doesn't start. Where do you check first? The battery. You know, check that. Yeah. You know, and then you go on from there. You got the solenoid, your starter motor, you know. I mean, but you start with the simplest and just keep working your way back. Nowadays, you got to have a computer to figure out what Nowadays, the hell's wrong. Nowadays, you start with a $100 diagnostic. Yeah, exactly. Hook it up to a machine. Yep. Well, the old two sensor here. <laughs> yeah, it's your old two sensor yeah. on the third valve there. Yeah. yeah it's okay, with crazy. labor and parts, it'll be $325 yeah. uh, to fix it. And, and remember how you would be able to change your own spark plugs when you used to have to change them quite often? And nowadays they last for over 100,000 miles. Right. But nowadays. Need a special you, tool you for got, the Ford F 150. Well, not even a special tool. On, hey, on some vehicles, heads you have off. to lift the engine up. I had a, I had a, one, a, one of the vans I had, they had to lift the engine up off its mounts in order to get at the back spark plugs. And I said, you got to be kidding me. Well, that's <laughs> the bad news. The good news <laughs> is, is that you don't have to change them constantly because yeah. when I grew up, Dad was always changing spark plugs, and you could tell when you needed spark plugs because the car would do something known as missing. Yeah, exactly. You'd be driving down the road, and, and all you, of a sudden you could it feel wasn't. It. You could feel yeah. it. it wasn't responding. Yeah, and so you needed to have that tuned yeah. up. The other thing too, cold weather starting, so much better today with uh, the vehicles that yep. you know you just turn the key and they got the fuel inject, everything right. boom fires up. Back in the day, you remember Tom when it was cold. Maybe you had your best Fleet Farm battery you could get, the 800 or 700 cranking amps in a big old truck. But you had to know each old vehicle. You knew you had to pump the pedal once, then hold it half down, or each vehicle was different. And when it was below zero in Green Bay, when you got up in the driveway and got in the driveway, got in, you had one shot to get that puppy started. (laughs) And if you screwed that up, you were done. 
Yeah. You was, it was get the cables out, get a jump. So yep. you had to do it exactly right, turn the key, do it, and, yep. and not get it flooded or whatever. So today's starting is a lot easier. You don't see people stalled pulling no, up to each other with jumper cables all the time. Yeah. And no, it's 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 they're totally different. I a lot easier like five nowadays. Pairs of, back in the day, the thing you'd lose more often than anything was jumper cables. Yeah. Never loan a pair of jumper cables out because you'll never get them back and you won't even remember who you loaned them to. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, listen, we got to go to a break. It's time for the gut report coming up next. And then, of course, after the 645 break, we will be playing the Hornschwaggle brought to you by Carl's Country Market out there in uh, Menominee Falls on Pilgrim and Silver Spring. You'll have a chance to win a $10 gift certificate there. That's at the Hornschwaggle. So, with with as Bill Michaels likes to say a lot, with that being said... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, your mic wasn't oh, on when oh, you said that. <laughs> how we looking, Tom? Yeah, how we looking. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks, on 1250 AM or 105.7 FM, The Fan. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. <laughs> Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. This is a quick cooking tip for you folks. Have you ever seen a recipe that calls for kosher salt? Well, unless you're Jewish, you can just substitute regular sea salt for kosher salt because it's the same darn thing, unless you're Jewish. So (laughs) just do a little substitution. But don't use all sea salt all the time. you got to have some of that table salt with the iodine in it because that iodine actually helps you. So... Use some of each while you're cooking, you know, whenever during your weekly routines and whatever. Use a little bit of the table salt sometimes with the iodine and then, you know, use some of the sea salt for other things that you need. So anyway, that's it. Uh, the, <laughs> the Gut Report was brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. Welcome back to the... uh... Skipperbud's cutting edge outdoors, uh, and Tom, I'm a little confused over here. What's that? Well, we're changing things up a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now, here, here, Nick. Now that he's picking, here we go. picking his songs for <laughs> no. the bumper music. Now no. he has well, to no, come we... back with a song after the gut report. Yeah, the reason for be... eight years, <laughs> ten years. 12 12 years. years. We never came back with a song. I'd always have an extra song left over. Well, see, we didn't get to do the one at quarter after. So we had to throw it in there. Boy, we had a lot of requests for that. Hey, Danny. Danny, do you got (laughs) to buy any uh, fishing stuff for Christmas gifts this year? You have to do that? Well, Tom, as a matter of fact, I got a flyer from. uh, from uh, uh, let, Sherpers. Did, oh, you did? Yeah. yeah they got but a, are you going to talk about Sherpers now? No, I was going to. No, about Smokey's Musky Bait and Tackle well, Shop. Let's talk gonna, about Smokey's Musky yeah, Tackle Bait they're gonna and Bar be, and Casino. Yeah, they're going to be open today from 10 to 2 and tomorrow 10 to 2. 
All in-stock merchandise is 15% off except for St. Croix, Shimano, and, and, well, their live bait is gone, so forget about live bait. That's all. The minnow tanks are empty for the winter, uh, but they have special deals on tackle industry rods. Uh, any of them that are over uh, 9 feet 6 inches are 35% off, and all tackle industry rods that are 9 feet and under are 30% off. So you can get special deals out there at Smokey's Muskie Bait and Tackle Shop on Pewaukee Lake. Today from 10 to 2 and tomorrow 10 to 2. You know what I used to do when I'd get a new rod, Tom? What'd you do? I'd just, in the middle of winter, sit on the couch and hold it. Would you really? Yeah, and just kind of like, you know, like move it up and down, you know, kind of <laughs> like, like I'm casting. But the only problem is with the new rods. They're too damn long. Yeah, you hit the ceiling now. <laughs> you got to have special. You can't do that with, with, gotta, my, with a new nine-foot yeah, rod. No. You're like, doop, yeah. oop. I hit you, the, you, then you're all nervous. You check the tip. Yeah, you got to have extra tip tops available to you. <laughs> so you. When you break one, you can change them. Hey, <laughs> hey, I got a brilliant idea. Uh oh, another one. What if we you make like a little tip top thing to protect that just slides over like a sock, and then it's your tip protector so like when you're transporting it you yeah. just slide it because everybody always bangs their tips yeah. into the car door into the back of the yeah. truck into the door frame into the window into yeah. wherever is you're walking with these rods yeah. no matter how careful you try to be of course yeah, if we didn't try and carry five rods at once you know as you're lugging your stuff out to your truck yep. and you're late to get started maybe you wouldn't be banging stuff around mm. i've got a i my boys no i uh, forget when a number of years ago they gave me a really nice st croix legend Seven foot medium light action, really nice tournament yeah. legend. I think it's called. Um, uh, well, it was seven feet, it's now uh, how'd that happen? Six feet ten. Let me guess, closed <laughs> in a car door. You know what? I no, oh no, it was walking out of the house with about six rods in my hand. Yeah, that's and, what I'm talking and, and, about. And walking Trying out, to get it and, all done and, at once. And they were the last, and that was the, the, the little bit longest one that was the longest rod in the group. And when the storm door closed, it just happened to close a little too quick before I was all, before all the rods were out, and it caught that one. So it's two inches shorter now. Don't you know enough? <laughs> I, when I when I do that, I, I I really hustle out the door. I, yeah. I, as soon as I take that step, I go quick three steps yeah, yeah, so I clear yeah, yeah. the rods from the door because I, I know. know it's closing behind me. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I usually do, but well, that time I didn't. Well, so. I I once lost a rod. I had a brand new rod and reel. And I was driving up north to go meet my dad and brother Tim to do some muskie fishing. And I really wasn't in a muskie fisherman at that time. But I figured I'd go up there and meet him. So I'm, uh, I'm driving up, and I had a, my 76 Trans Am with power windows. And I had the rod kind of draped in the back seat of the truck somehow. Mm -hmm. And a black bear ran across the road in front of me. So oh. I hit the brakes. And then I, you know, then I was kind of, you know... So I didn't hit it, and so I could look at it. And then when I resumed, uh, when I resumed going, I wound the power window up, and to my left, I just heard a crunch. Oh! So when I'd hit the brake, the rod had slid out forward, yeah, forward where the tip went right out the driver's side window, oh. right by my head. And when I when I hit that power window and heard the heard it snap, I'm like, dog on oh. it. Brand new rod and reel. I'm all anxious to use it. Yeah. And it wasn't one of those lifetime guaranteed yeah. ones, Tom. Well, I got a tip for our listeners. If you're buying uh, rods and reels or a rod and reel for a youngster, 
And I mean, you know, some kids that are, let's say, 7 to 12, 13 years old, something like that, buy a decent reel but get a less expensive rod, okay? I, the reason being is that you don't want them having troubles with the reel because they'll get frustrated. But rods, kids always walk with the rods painted, pointed forward, and they usually break them, you know, I mean, or they put them in places that yeah, they, they shouldn't be. They so buy a less expensive rod, but a decent reel. You ever see little kids casting? It's hilarious. They are not paying attention to what they're doing. No. They got a bobber. They got a hook. They don't look at their backswing. No. They don't look at nothing. They're just flinging that, and you're like, and then half the time they get wrapped around the tip of the pole before they even launch their cast. Mm. And then when they do try and launch a cast, it goes rap, 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 rap. Yeah. And one thing, if, if the, you do get them a cheap reel that's going to you know get all gnarled up all the time well guess what you're the one that's stuck fixing it yep exactly yeah that's so why you get a little bit better it's one. nightmare yeah. for yourself yeah so do yourself a favor and your blood pressure <laughs> and get them a better reel get them yeah. a better reel but rod, broken rods are pretty common kids break rods pretty regularly you know that's 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 pretty common but yeah, you know, and teaching them the right way, you know, I mean, teaching them, uh, I mean, when they're little, right away, teach them, you know, to look behind you, make sure nobody's behind you when you're cat, don't cast sideways, cast over the top, you know, you know, there's a lot of different things, but, you know, teaching them from little on, you know, and eventually that'll stick with them. You know, you there's know? there's a new term I heard thinking about rods, Tom. Uh, have you ever heard of parabolic action? Yes. You have? Yes. Okay. Because I, I bought a, a Schwarzanker rod, mm -hmm. and it's uh, from the Swedish guy there, Schwarzanker. And uh, it's, uh, what's it called? Uh, the biggie or blacky? It's a black rod, and it's it's a two-piece, but I told you it, it puts together down by the handle. As right, opposed. right. And when you go to his website, he talks about the parabolic action of mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I did go out and launch some, you know, pounder bulldogs at the end of last year just to check out this parabolic action but um then i heard it from a, a guy that i work with he's uh uh does a lot of surf fishing down in florida and he gets these big giant pen rods that and launches off the shore and fishes off the you know fishes surf and he's talking about the parabolic action of these pen rods Mm -hmm. So what exactly are they talking about with parabolic action, Tom? I, I I don't understand it fully, but it's something to do with the bend of the rod, where it bends and how it bends to be able to launch that lure better. You know, in other words, letting the rod do most of the work right. instead that's of you doing the work. That's kind of what I figured out, yeah. too, when I watched it online and then right. I was cast, casting. You're not trying to muscle it like you're using a broomstick. Right, right. Okay. You're trying to load the rod going backwards, right? Right. And then letting the spring of the rod launch it forward. Exactly. And if you can yeah. time it just right, you, and, you can launch some pretty long casts yeah. with some heavy stuff. In fact, he I think he was telling me, the surf cast guy, that the world record is some guy set a record throwing 720 feet yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. They can cast a couple yeah. hundred yards. Yeah. You know they, what? Big six-ounce lure or whatever. Yeah. And they're long rods, too. Right. But we're going we're gonna to talk more about rods maybe when we come back. But when we come back, we need a contestant for the Hornschwaggle, brought to you by Carl's Country Market in Menominee Falls. You have an opportunity to win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market, where they have award-winning sausages and everything, meat and more. 
at Pilgrim and Silver Spring in Menominee Falls. So call now at 799-1250. That's 799-1250. Be a contestant. Get a chance to win that certificate. We'll be right back with more with Dan and Tom. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for listening this morning. Uh, if you got any fishing, hunting reports, you can give us a call at 799-1250. But right now, we have the highly awaited, the highly anticipated, uh, the much maligned. No, it's not much maligned. <laughs> no. Hornswoggle. I'm getting carried away here. I'm much maligned. Hornswoggle segment. Uh, do we have a lucky contestant, Nick? Yes, we do. We have Paul from New Berlin. Hey, Paul from New Berlin. How are you? Hey, morning. Hey, good morning, Paul. Okay, so you know how this works. So I'll make the statement. If I'm lying through my teeth, you say hornswoggle. <laughs> if I'm speaking truth, it's no hornswoggle. So here we go. White-tailed deer. White-tailed deer are often hit on Wisconsin highways, byways, and roads. One of the problems with white-tailed deer running across the roads is that they have a hard time running on those hard on that hard pavement and concrete with their hard hooves, hornswoggle or no hornswoggle. Hornswoggle? No, that's a no hornswoggle. They can't get the traction when they're running like they can in the uh, like regular you know ground. They, they yeah, do, they do by me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. The snowshoe rabbit. The snowshoe rabbit is act really a hare. And not a rabbit. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Uh, hornswoggle. That was a no hornswoggle. That was a no hornswoggle. It's actually the varying varying hair there. So, well, sorry about that, Paul. We, uh, if you if you want to try and win again next week, just uh, you know we can give a call again. All right, thanks. All right, thanks, Paul. The hornswoggle was brought to you by Carl's Country Market, known for its award-winning sausages, and they got a lot of them. And everything, meat, and more at Pilgrim and Silver Spring in Menominee Falls. Give them a try. So, if, you know, yeah, if you've never been there. Do you know? Um, do you know what the uh, my next question was going to? My next one. Okay, what was it? Let's see if you would get it. The world record mule deer was shot in Western Montana by Mr. Baffin Iger. Hornswoggle. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to my next topic. Uh, I got this fly here. Here, look at this right there, buddy. What do you got there? Flip it the other side. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, yeah. Where'd you get that in? Oh, is that in one of those value packs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The value pack came there from Sherpers, and uh, I was looking through it. They got some good sales going on at your place, and uh, you can even go online and order from them now, it looks like. I think I, I went to the website, or I went online. So, But Sherpers, they've got some boots on sale there called the Baffin Iger Boots, which yeah, it those says are good. They're, re- they're, they're rated to minus 148 degrees. So yeah. I was going to ask you what you know about those boots. Never heard of them they, before. Baffin, uh, it's a big seller, not just at our store, but at you know others like Midwestern Shooter Supply. And that Baffins are, they're really good. They're, they're, it's a bigger boot, you know, I mean, it's bulky, but if you're looking for something that's going to keep you warm, no doubt about it, those they are good. They're really good. We sell a lot of baffins over there, women's and men's. But did you notice? You know, remember last week you were talking about the expense of knives. 
gee, you can get a Benchmade Infidel for only $408. (laughs) You can buy a lot of knives for $408, but if you really want a Benchmade Infidel. (laughs) Okay. The big question is not why it's $408. Why is it called Infidel? I don't know. It's just whatever Benchmade wants to call it, I I guess. I thought we were the Infidels. (laughs) Well, I guess that knife must be, too. Aren't we the infidels <laughs> yes, over yeah, we're, here? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. You but, lousy <laughs> Baffiniger boot wearing infidel. So You know what else we saw a lot of? What do you do? That's really warm. What's uh, warm Tom? Mickey Mouse boots. Okay. And you know why they call them Mickey Mouse boots? Because they look like Mickey Mouse's feet in the drawings in the character because they're well, they're the great you know, big huge ones. Yeah, yeah. And they used to advertise those in the back of Outdoor Life magazine. Mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse boots good to minus 100 degrees, I think, is what they used to advertise them. And, and mm-hmm. you could get them like for what they're like, Army surplus. You can like they get are. them. They get were them. from the Air Force. Yeah, from the Air Force. So you could get them on. And my buddy Mark Horton has a big old pair of those Mickey Mouse boots. They're white. Oh, those are the real warm ones. Yeah, the normal ones are black. And they look like they weigh about, you know, 20 pounds each. But they don't. (laughs) And he was (laughs) wearing those up uh, when we were on Lake of the Woods ice fishing last year, and he really swore by them. Yeah, everybody that buys them swears by them. Uh, Everybody that had them swears by them. They, They have the most insulation on the bottom, and that's the big thing, the insulation on the bottom of the boot. Danny, I tell you, that thing's that that insulation's got to be an inch, inch and a half thick. See, they're not it, as heavy as what you would think. Yeah, they're not as heavy as what you and, would well, think. What kind of a price do those go for? Uh, the ones with the valve are, I think they're about a hundred and nine or a hundred and nineteen, I think. And the ones without the valve, which is no big deal with or without the what's, valve, but we don't have many of those. A, those are fifty the, bucks. What, explain the oh, valve. The deal. valve. Okay, back in the day when they actually used these in the Air Force. The valve, it's like a Zerk fitting, and they would fill it up with air, and it goes around the ankle parts. It fills up with air, and the pilots, that that would be good up to, and I don't remember if it was twenty or 30,000 feet, but when it got so high, they had to deflate it. Otherwise, the boot would blow up. Because when they got to a certain height, yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, that's why I think they're military surplus now. <laughs> Guy lands, and and hey, the thing son is, of and, a gun, and Norm, you, you blew another boot. Yeah, and if you were to buy a pair, you can't fill it up with air, you know, on the sides there because that Zerk fitting, you have to have a special you get like a bicycle pump. No, you have to have a special thing that's made by the Air Force in order to do it, and they a don't sell pump? those. Those are gone. The the special Zerk fitting. Yeah. So what was the purpose of the air around? It again? was to keep the ankles. Warm- uh, Keep it warmer. Keep but the a, warm air in there is a layer of warm air. Yeah, but when you got to a certain height, you had to deflate it. Otherwise, it would See, <laughs> be a problem. I think, I think my buddy Horton has the Zerkless ones, and you said those are, those like, are 50 like 50 bucks. Those are like 50 bucks. See, those are the ones that used to be in the back of Outdoor Life yeah. magazine for, like, they were really cheap back then. Back then, yeah, yeah years like, ago. Like in the 60s, I remember ads like yeah. that, and I'd yeah. see those big old boots. Now, I've got... Uh, a, a big pair of uh, lacrosse Iceman boots. Those are good, too. Which, you know, I've had for years. Before that, I had the Sorrels. I think I got the lacrosse Iceman, too. Yeah, lacrosse okay. Iceman. And uh, and then when Steve Milliot left, he gave me another pair, which his foot is one size bigger than mine, but he got some some 
replacement insoles yeah. instead of the regular felt. Right. He's got these big, giant, even heavier insoles. Okay. And and uh, those are even better if I yeah. really were out in cold weather because right. they got the huge, you know, the bigger, uh, the bigger insoles. Right. You know, right. inserts. I Insert, should say inserts. Yeah. Yeah, but I've always thought that those were pretty good. But my brother bought some boots. So that when I saw these Baffinigers, I thought, well, minus one forty-eight. I went online, and did some research on it. The only thing that it does say with these boots, and maybe you know more about this, is that you can't wear regular cotton socks. Have you heard that? No, I did not. Because I heard that cotton socks, for some reason, uh, you wanna you wanna wear a type of sock that wicks the moisture away. Yeah, that's a special. Uh, they call them liner socks. Uh, they're they're very thin. They're made out of some type of polyester. They're, I forget acrylic polyester, whatever. It's special material that. What they do is they wick the moisture away from your feet and go make it go into the sock part so that your feet aren't damp. Because if your feet are damp, they're generally going to get cold quicker. Because that's what I hear with these yeah. things. It sounds like they're almost so insulated that if you wear cotton socks, you're just your feet will sweat yeah, and it'll yeah. just keep your that yeah. that that's wet wet sweat will you stay in your cotton right, on your you feet want that. and your yeah. feet will get wet from that. Right. So you want to have a pair of. I always recommend to everybody. You get a pair of these thin liners. They're real thin. You pair it, get a pair of liners, and then you put on your wool sock. Now, so it's an actual liner. It's not a sock. Well, it, it no, it's a it's sock. It's like a sock. Yeah, it's just like it's, a sock. It's real thin. They just call them liner socks. Okay. And you wear that out, for, out first. First, you put that on first, and then your wool sock. And your merino wool yeah, type socks. I was going to get to that. Bl- okay, go ahead. Now you can get regular wool. Now everybody, when they think of wool socks, they think, "Oh, that's really itchy, right?" Right, Nate? You think of that wool socks being itchy? Who's Nate? I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I was heard... thinking. Of, I was thinking of Nate over at Sherpers. Okay, but anyway, continue on, Larry. But you know, you think of you know itchy stuff, right? Have you ever itchy, heard of merino wool? Itchy, show. Yeah, I've got yeah. merino wool sweaters. Right now, merino wool is soft as a baby's bottom. It's super soft, even though it's wool. It's oh, super that's, soft. That's soft. Now, here's the thing: where are what what you know what the name of the sheep are that merino wool come from? Merino, merino sheep. sheep, right? And you know where they're from? New, Zeal- New Zealand. They're from their their flocks of sheep in New Zealand. We talked about this. About yeah, the flocks. Yeah. Okay. In New Zealand, yeah, they're from New Zealand. But anyway, uh, I recommend highly getting uh, as much merino wool as you can. But you can get other good wool socks. Just put that liner on first. And you that, got those that, all at Sherpers as well. Oh sure. I mean, I think any place that sells winter socks has got the liners. Or Midwestern too. Shooters. Supply. Midwestern. I'm yes. Any place that sells them will have them. Gotcha. Yeah.